All right, looks like we're back. Tara, Nicole, back on here, a couple others. Sorry about that, guys. <clears throat> Let everyone get back on here. Much better. Okay, cool, thanks. All right, Sandra's in the other room telling me we're good to go. Sounds a lot better. All right. Well, so we're going to pretend that last one didn't happen. It's about 15 minutes. We won't get back, but that's fine. We're just going to pretend. Here we go. Brand new. Got it right the first time. All right. Everyone's piling back on here. Much better, much better. Good. Um, I'll go ahead and just recap a little bit of what I shared already so you guys know. But I'll give people just a couple more minutes. Take a little Tim Hortons break. Just curious how many of you guys are in your pajamas still? I'm watching in your PJs? If you're in your PJs still, just maybe give a thumbs up. Just so you guys know, I'm not in my PJs. Uh, I thought about just putting the sweater on and then maybe just uh, my, my sweatpants. Um, but I am wearing jeans, so I'm, I'm good to go. <laughs> Love it. Just so you guys know, you can wear your pajamas to church if you really want to. No one's going to judge you. Well, they might judge you, depending on the PJs. Most of us. There you go. I like it. I know uh, on Wednesday nights we talk about. I think it. I think it's okay if I say it. Well, I won't. I won't give you his name, full name, but his initials are M A. Okay, his first name's Mike. Last name starts with an A. His wife's name's Kim, but I didn't give you his first name. Um, I think he's got a pretty interesting pair of. Uh, like pajama pants, sweatpants. I think they have minions on them or something. So we need to try to get him to wear those to church one day. So I don't know if he's on or watching or not, but we're going to secretly get him to wear those to church one day. All right. Looks like people are piling back on. Don't tell Lance that. He's worn his pajamas to church. He's worn them a couple times to the men's Bible studies. That's all good. Hey, you know what? If you can't be comfortable with Jesus, you know, who can you be comfortable with, right? I mean, you got to be comfortable with Jesus. All right. Well, while you guys are back on here, so just in case any of that was broken up before, let me just recap um, kind of where we're at. Everyone in my household is feeling fine. Uh, the boys and I really have no real symptoms, um, nothing more than we normally battle with during allergy season, and uh, we're feeling really, really good. Um, Sandra uh, came off quarantine yesterday because of when she started having her symptoms. Really, the only symptoms she really had that was COVID-related was the loss of sense or the loss of a sense of smell and taste. That's come back uh, as of really a couple of days ago. Sounds good or feels good. So that's coming back even more today, um, this morning. 
So she's feeling a ton better. Honestly, other than that symptom, uh, no real symptoms to speak of. Um, so she's feeling really, really good. Uh, the boys are feeling fine. I'm doing good. Um, we quarantined this whole week just to be safe. And so uh, we are off quarantine on the 12th, uh, the boys and I, and Sandra's already technically off quarantine. So we're going to suspend church services up until um, the 15th. The 15th will be our first Sunday back in the building uh, because we have to stay kind of locked down till the 12th. Uh, next Sunday, we're just going to do Facebook Live again and go that route. All right. So uh, all church services uh, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Sunday morning, Sunday night are suspended until Sunday the 15th is when we're going to start everything back up again. All right. Um, Operation Christmas Child is due on the 15th. So I want to make sure you know that if you got a box, you picked one up. Um, if you don't have a shoe box that you got from the church, you can still get one. Um, I know there'll be, um, I believe Pastor Greg uh, will be in the office this week as normal. And so, or at least a couple days. So there should be somebody in the office to contact if you want to reach out and call and, and touch base um, with him. He can let you know more about that. Um, if you want to drop something off, he can. Also, if you want to drop something off for the fruit basket ministry, which is of the uh, Impact Student Ministries, do that, uh, where they give fruit baskets to shut-ins, widows, widowers, those kind of things. Uh, you can drop that off as well up to the 15th. I think that's all due on the 15th. So make sure you do that. Um, so Operation Christmas Child and uh, Fruit Basket stuff is all due on the 15th. So please make sure you drop that off. Um, and then also, if you would like to uh, give your donation, your, your offering to the church, you can do that by donating online. You can go to uh, our app, uh, North Goodland BC in your app store, or you can go on the website, uh, northgoodland.org, and you can give that way, uh, as we always have done and offered, uh, one-time gift, or you can give on a repetitive basis. Or you can even just mail your check into the office. Again, someone will be in the office this week, at least a couple days. And so uh, that will still get submitted as well. So whatever you want to do, however you can give your uh, offering, uh, we encourage you to give one of those two ways. Either mail it into the church or you can um, give it in through the online. All right. So, um, yeah, John's North Goodland colored sweater. Hey, I didn't even notice that. It is kind of North Goodland colors. That's how good I am. Believe that. All right, don't believe that. It was a total accident. Not even close. Um, yeah, so in the comment section, you're going to see there's a link to, if you want to just click on that link once the, the stream is done, you can go right there and, and give that way too. So um, great ways to give. And we do appreciate, obviously, all your support. Uh, we appreciate all the gifts and, and all the offerings that come in to go towards what not only God is doing in, in North Goodland or at North Goodland through uh, Emily City and our surrounding communities, but also what God is doing through um, missions all over the world. So, yeah, Keith, uh, apparently orange and blue because that's the color of the mugs. You know, the mugs are orange with blue lettering. So that's what they were getting at. Um, but all right. So. Let's jump into God's Word. We've spent a lot of time talking about some other things, which is great, but I really, really, really want to get in God's Word with you. And then just a reminder as well, if you didn't hear in the first part, um, you can get on our Facebook page. There's a link there to a playlist that has all of our worship songs, a lot of the ones that we do, and you can listen to those um, right there. I think it connects to Spotify, but you can even listen to it right there through the Facebook. And so uh, please make sure you do that. Check that out. It's a great way to get your heart and mind in tune for worship 
as we uh, spend some time together today. Uh, also, real quick, I almost forgot this too, uh, tonight uh, around 6 o'clock, we are going to be going Facebook Live again just to share a short little um, kind of Bible devotion uh, in, in lieu of our Sunday evening service. Wednesday night, same thing. We're going to do a Wednesday night devotion. So we'll still do uh, Bible study and stuff together right through Facebook Live uh, while we're suspending the physical gatherings. All right? So if you guys have a Bible, let's jump into Genesis chapter 39. So Genesis 39, and we're talking about when things go wrong, when things go wrong. So when we experience life in this life, in this world, we know that things go wrong, that, that that's just a commonplace thing that we experience. Um, many of us can think of a time where it seemed like things were just going wrong and not just with COVID or whatever, but just in general, just in life. Um, you're just living your life and you're just going through your week and things just seem to happen. Things just go wrong. Um, you may be doing all the right things. Uh, this happens too sometimes. We're actually doing all the right things. We're, we're checking all the right boxes. We're living the right way. We're doing the right things. And things around us still just go wrong. We, we don't understand why, but our circumstances don't get better. We're doing all the right things. We're praying, we're studying, we're reading, we're serving, we're, we're great citizens, you know, we're, we're moral, we're doing everything right. Now, we know we're not going to do everything right, but you get my, my, my illustration here. We're doing everything we're supposed to be doing, and things around us just seem to get worse. Circumstances get worse. Situations get worse. Decisions are made by other people that affect us in negative ways. And so while I would say that, that these moments where we really, really feel like things are just going horribly wrong... They really are rare, if we're being honest. They really are rare moments in our life. I mean, the majority of our life, really honestly, is probably good things, blessings, enjoyable things. But there are those times, and, and I'm not talking about the everyday little bumps in the road. I'm talking about when things are really going wrong. Those are really the rare moments, but they seem to dominate our perspective. They dominate our thought life. It's either something happened, and I'm still dwelling on it. Something is going to happen, and I'm worried about it. Or it's just a circumstance that seems to not be improving, whether it's a relationship, whether it's a situation that we're going through at work, whether it's a health concern, whatever it is, it just seems like our circumstances are just getting worse. And I want to look at a familiar story uh, for some of us about a man that couldn't have done things more right, but really honestly saw things go very, very wrong very, very quickly. And so Genesis chapter 39, we're going to read just one verse to start. Genesis 39 and verse 20. And it says here, and Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison, a place where the king's prisoners were bound, and he was there in the prison. And so let's pray, and then we're going to get into explaining and kind of unpacking what's going on here in Joseph's life. Father, we thank you, Lord, so much for this morning. We thank you for technology that allows us to be able to communicate God's word this way. We pray, Father, that you would go before us, that you'd open hearts and minds, that what we would say... And, and what we desire to learn from you would glorify you, that we would apply these truths to our lives, that we would see you do great things in our life and through our hearts and minds as we, as we desire to know more about you. Father, I pray that as we go through situations where things just seem to go wrong, things don't seem to get better, I pray that we'd have the right perspective, that we wouldn't focus on our circumstance, but we'd focus on our Savior. When life gets crazy and chaotic, you are not, you are not chaotic. You are not caught off guard by any of this. And so I pray, Father, that you would go before us, open our hearts and minds to all that you have for us. Thank you for this time. Bless those that are tuning in right now. Be with those who are watching this later. And I pray that it would encourage them in some way, shape, or form to know that you love them 
and you are there for them. If there's anyone listening to this, Lord, that doesn't know you as their Lord and personal Savior, I pray they would know going to church doesn't make you a Christian. Going to church doesn't get you into heaven. Being good doesn't get you into heaven. Doing good deeds doesn't erase our sins. It is believing and trusting, putting our faith and trust in the person and work of Jesus Christ, that you alone, Lord Jesus, save us from our sins, cleanse us from our sins, and redeem us and, and give us eternal life. And so I pray if anyone listening has not received Christ as their Lord and Savior, that they would do that today. Father, may they believe in you, trust in you, not just unto salvation, but unto living this life for your glory. And we ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so um, Joseph's life. So let me give you a little bit of a setting here. Uh, Joseph was thrown into prison and a lot of you guys maybe know the story of Joseph in Genesis. If you haven't really read it, uh, go back into Genesis. You're going to read an amazing account of this man's life. Uh, we meet him at about 17 years old. He is, uh, actually thrown into a pit by his brothers who are jealous of him. They don't like him. Um, his dad kind of showed him a little favoritism. So maybe his dad didn't do all the right things that way. But he showed him some favoritism, and so the other boys, other brothers, didn't really like that. And so they threw him in this pit, and they were actually debating about killing him. And one of his brothers said, no, 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 let's not kill him. Let's, let's just get rid of him. Let's just get him out of here. And so they actually sold Joseph into slavery. And Joseph is sold into slavery. The story goes on a little bit. He ends up in a man named Potiphar's house. Uh, he is basically second in command of that home. He's overseeing all that goes on in the home. Uh, Potiphar's wife uh, kind of had a thing for Joseph. Uh, and so she tried real hard to seduce him and uh, encourage a relationship there. Uh, Joseph decided uh, early on that he was not going to defile God and not or defile himself before God and do what God called him to do. So uh, Joseph, the story goes, literally ran up out of the house. And because of that, uh, Potiphar's wife got a little upset accused him of some wrongdoing, and Potiphar ended up throwing him in prison. And so Joseph is sitting in prison after doing the right thing. Now, Joseph did everything right. He stood by integrity, he made the right choices, and yet still Potiphar had him thrown in prison. And so here we find Joseph, he's sitting in prison. Now what's interesting is uh, when Joseph was younger, he was given a dream by God. And the dream basically was that he was going to rule over his brothers. He was going to be someone of great importance and, and be ruling over his brothers. Now, the mistake that Joseph made to some people is that he told his brothers this. Uh, he told them that he was going to rule over them. And nobody likes to hear that from a brother. Nobody wants to hear that a brother says, oh, yeah, you're going to be in service to me, you know, um, especially his older brothers didn't like that. And so this dream, though, uh, Joseph had this dream that God was going to bless him and use him and put him in great authority. And really from that time of that dream forward, it was anything but. It was getting thrown into a pit, sold into slavery. You end up working in Potiphar's house. Then you end up getting thrown into prison. And so it's not exactly how Joseph thought God would fulfill the dream he gave him when he was younger. And so for Joseph in this situation, everything was going wrong. I mean, literally circumstance after circumstance, you think things are going good and then bam, something else comes along. And so I want to kind of unpack this a little bit and talk about how do we respond and how do we approach these situations when things go wrong? Well, the first thing we have to identify, and this is just reality, it's not something we enjoy admitting or want to acknowledge but when we understand that when things go wrong, others may let you down. When things go wrong in your life, others may let you down, meaning other people. 
Others in your life will let you down. And I want to look at an example of this in, in Joseph's life and see how he really was kind of thinking, okay, maybe this could be turning the corner. And then again, someone let him down. And so I want to look at Genesis chapter 40 and verse 2. See, when things go wrong, others may let you down. I want to look at the example of the baker and the butler. Now, when I wrote that down on my notes, I thought that sounds like the beginning of a really bad dad joke, right? The baker and the butler. Um, I'm not going to finish it. You guys can think that through and maybe come up with your own dad joke involving a baker and a butler and then maybe let me know later. But Genesis chapter 40 and verse 2, uh, look what it says here. And the Pharaoh was wroth against two of his officers, against the chief of the butlers and against the chief of the bakers. And he put them inward in the house of the captain of the guard into the prison, the place where Joseph was bound. So these two individuals, the chief of the butlers and the chief of the bakers, they were they did something against Pharaoh. They, they wronged Pharaoh. Pharaoh was really mad at them. So he throws them in prison. And it just so happens he throws them and puts them in the same prison that Joseph is in. And so Pharaoh was angry with them. He puts them in this prison where Joseph is. But I want you to realize that wasn't by accident. It wasn't by coincidence that Joseph and these two guys end up in the same prison. This is God's sovereign plan. This is God working his plan. Uh, this is God working in the background when we don't even see it. And that's what I think so many times when circumstances are going wrong, we have to realize that God is always working, that God is always at work. Now, I'm not saying that the people's whose hearts he's working on will always respond the way they should. I'm not saying that that we will always even realize what God is doing. Uh, as we said before, uh, God gives us free will. He gives us the opportunity to choose how we're going to respond to what's going on around us. And also, as you're praying for someone to respond in a certain way, whether it's for salvation or faith or trust or whatever, they have to make a choice to respond that way. But I do believe that in this case, God specifically placed this, these two men and Joseph in the same reason, in the same prison for a reason. And to be honest, we have to be open to hear from the Lord wherever we find ourselves. Whenever we find ourselves in a circumstance or a situation as followers of Christ, we have to always be willing to say, okay, God, what are you going to teach me in this? What do you want me to learn from this and through this? Um, while these men are in prison, these two individuals, this baker and this butler, they had a dream. They both had a dream. And Joseph has the opportunity to serve them. Uh, again, God at work, right? Joseph is kind of given the permission or the job of serving these men. Um, and again, God is working in that. He's opening doors of opportunity. And Joseph has the opportunity to interpret the dreams. Now, what you want, what you want to note here, we're not going to read all of it, but what you want to note here is that Joseph is very humble in how he approaches this. Uh, Joseph is very humble when he is uh, talking about interpreting these dreams. He, he even admits that Joseph acknowledges that the power to interpret dreams comes from God, not from himself. Joseph was not arrogant or full of himself. He knew that any power he would have to interpret these dreams came from God. So he's constantly reflecting the glory of God. He's humbling himself before God. Um, and, and to be honest, we must note that. We can't just hear that and move on. Because uh, when you pause and think on that, so many different individuals in, in God's word that God used greatly were humble men and women. Uh, men and women that humbled themselves before God and said, God, it's you that's in control of this. God, it's you that are doing this or that. God, I have to trust you for your strength and power. So so all through scripture, we see men and women, when they humble themselves, God uses them in great ways. 
Think about another example of someone that interpreted some dreams. You think about Daniel way, way uh, later on in the Old Testament with Nebuchadnezzar who interpreted these, this dream for Nebuchadnezzar. Uh, Daniel was very honest. He even went to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and said, would you guys pray for me that God would give me the ability to do this? He, he was very humble. He didn't go in there and go, I got this. Here, let me tell you what God is going to say. Here's what the dream really means. He was very humble before God to say, no, God needs to do this. Um, and so here we see the, Joseph has this opportunity to interpret these dreams. So what happens? The dreams or the interpretations of the dream actually come true. And, and what Joseph says will happen, happens. Um, in Genesis 40 and verse 20 through 22, let's read that together. And we're jumping through a lot of scripture. So I encourage you when we're done today, maybe this afternoon or today, later today, rather, you would take some time and read through this whole account. But let's look at verse 20. And it came to pass the third day, which was Pharaoh's birthday, that he made a feast unto all his servants. And he lifted up the head of the chief butler and of the chief baker among his servants. And he restored the chief butler unto his butlership again. That's always just a fun word to say, butlership. But anyway, um, where was I? Uh, and he restored the chief butler unto his butlership again. And he gave the cup uh, into Pharaoh's hand. But he hanged the chief baker as Joseph had interpreted to him. Yet did not the chief butler remember Joseph, but forgot him. Now, this is kind of a crazy story. You're like, whoa, so he's okay with the butler, but he hangs the, the, the baker. Um, this, the, Joseph interprets the dreams. Basically, Joseph's interpretation is the butler would be restored and the baker is going to suffer death. He's going to be punished. And so when this interpretation is given, I want to note something here real quick. First of all, it came true. So that's, uh, that's a sign of God, that God was with them. Um, when we talk about prophecies or people prophesying today or psychics or fortune tellers today, it's always amazing to me that if it's not accurate, if it doesn't come true, it's not of God. That's simple. Um, in, in some circles, even in, in Christianity today, there's a lot of prophets that will say things and, and prophesy things that will happen by this date, at this time, in this way, and then they're wrong. They're not even kind of wrong. They're just wrong. And people still continue to follow their ministries and give them money and support them and encourage them. And and then they'll get right on some random off-the-wall thing. And, and people are like, oh, see, he, he hears from God. That's not how God works. God doesn't give his prophets half-truth prophecies or sort of true prophecies or one in every 50 prophecies are true. If it comes from God, it's true. That's period. That's it. And so Joseph's interpretation came true. We have to note that. But also note, Joseph's interpretation was not all positive for both individuals. Do you notice this? Joseph actually tells the truth. He says, listen, you're going to be restored and you're going to suffer death. Now today, if you call a fortune teller up or a psychic or you go to one of these people, isn't it amazing that 99 times out of 100, you're going to hear nothing but positive things? You're going to get the raise. You're going to get the guy. You're going to get the girl. You're going to get this. You're going to get that. It's all focused on self and being improved in some way. So again, I, I know that's not really the point of the message, but I have to stop and note that um, when God gives us truth, it's not always what we think is good news, meaning for us. Um, but when God gives us truth, it's always true. And so here in this case, I just want to note that, that Joseph's interpretation wasn't flowery, it wasn't, you know, rose-colored glasses. It was real. And, and God's truth sometimes can hurt. It can be harsh. Um, think about salvation for a second. It is great news to the one who believes that you can have your sins forgiven and find eternity in Christ. 
to the one who rejects Christ, though, that very same truth can, can be very concerning and worrisome and fearful. Because now that same grace that says you can have eternal life is the same truth that says if you reject that salvation, you will pay for your own sins in a place called hell. And so we have to understand that the truth of God, even the truth of the gospel, while great news, really good news, is good news to those who believe, but to those who reject, it could be, honestly, some of the hardest truth to hear. And so we have to understand that God doesn't, doesn't play favorites. He just gives us truth. And I'm so glad that he does because we need his truth. We don't need to be buttered up. We don't need to be just kind of, you know, fanned with good, good news all the time that it's always going to be perfect. That's not how God works. And, and I'm thankful that he doesn't because if God told you your life would be perfect this side of heaven, he'd be lying to you. But he never does that. He tells you there will be hardships in this life. There will be tough times in this life. But the beauty in that is that he is with you. And we're going to get to that in a minute here. You see, when, when we go through hard times and we go through trialsome situations and things go wrong in our circumstances, others may let you down. What, how did we end that? How did we end that situation with the, the baker? Um, I'll read it again. Verse 23. Yet did not the chief butler remember Joseph, but forgot him. See, the butler said, hey, when I get all straight and I'm restored and everything's good, I'm going to remember you and I'm going to tell Pharaoh about you and it's going to be good. I'm paraphrasing a little bit here. But when you understand that, that this man who made a promise forgot Joseph, Joseph did all the right things, gave the glory to God, was humble, did everything right, and yet this man forgot him. You see, others will let you down. Others may let you down. It doesn't seem to get better. Circumstances seem to get worse. But I want to encourage you, when others let you down, our second point here, God never lets us down. See, when others let you down, God never, never lets you down. When things go wrong, when circumstances are going crazy, others may let you down, but God will never let you down. The truth is there is no time limit to God's plan. There's no time limit to God's plan. Um, two years, Joseph sat in prison after being forgotten. Think about that. I got you, Joseph. I'm going to remember you. Man, I'm so thankful for what you did. And he forgot him for two years. Joseph sits in prison for doing the right thing, continuously doing the right thing. Maybe you feel like you've been kind of forgotten by someone. Maybe you feel like someone's turned their back on you. Maybe you feel like someone's let you down. Maybe they said the right things and they promised you this or that and, and said these different things and then they just forgot you. They just got caught up in themselves and they just didn't care anymore. Maybe you feel that way. Maybe you feel like your two years in prison have actually felt more like an eternity. That, that two years that you spent feeling forgotten, like Joseph, feels more like 20 years or forever. Maybe you're in a situation right now where it just feels like it's never going to end. It's never going to improve. Let me just guarantee you something. I can't tell you what your situation is going to turn into. I can't tell you what your circumstances will look like. A year from now, six months from now, 10 years from now. I don't know. I can't, I can't tell you those things. But I can tell you one thing for sure, that no matter what happens in your life, as a follower of Christ, God has never forsaken you. He will never walk away from you. And you can be in the lowest place that you think you can ever go in this life. And he's still right there with you. While others let us down, it may not come through. They forget about us. God will never forget about you. You cannot find yourself anywhere where he is not. From the highest mountain of success to the deepest corner of prison, he is there. 
we tend to think of God as a mountaintop God, that he's only with us in the victories. But the truth is, he's with us all the time if we're in Christ. We never go anywhere without his presence. And so no matter where you find yourselves, he is with you. And he's always working. Now, here's the cool point, or the cool part, rather, a point I want to make that doesn't necessarily always happen the same way, but we see this in Joseph's life. And so maybe you've experienced this, where God has restored that one that forgot about you. Maybe that person ended up coming back around in time. So Genesis 41 and verse 9. Genesis 41 and verse 9. Then spake the chief butler unto Pharaoh, saying, I do remember my faults this day. And then he goes on to tell this amazing story about what happened. And he says here in verse 12, And there was there with us a young man, a Hebrew servant, to the captain of the guard. And we told him, and he interpreted to us our dreams. To each man according to his dream, he did interpret. And it came to pass, as he interpreted to us, so it was. Me, he restored unto mine office, and him, he hanged. Notice what this man's saying. He's saying, listen, this guy interpreted our dreams in prison. He was a Hebrew. He was a servant. Uh, you know, doesn't give him a raving review here, a huge resume. But he says, man, he did this. We had a dream. He interpreted both of our dreams individually. He did it correctly. And then I saw that it actually came true. And I love that the butler says, uh, after God, I believe, was working on his heart. I mean, do you imagine this guy for two years? God is working saying, hey, didn't you tell Joseph you'd remember him? Didn't you tell him that? Maybe the man was afraid. You know, hey, I don't want to get restored and then try to bring this guy up to Pharaoh. And then he ends up not being able to interpret the dream. And then now I'm liable because I voted for this guy. I encouraged this guy. I said he could do it. So maybe there was some fear from the butler. Maybe there was some concern. Maybe he thought, you know what? Well, I'll give it a six-month trial period and see if Pharaoh's still good with me and then we'll try it. We don't know why this butler forgot uh, Joseph. We don't know why it took all this time to finally have it click in his mind that he needed to remember Joseph. But either way, I believe God was working in that man's life every single day of that time. See, the butler recognizes his faults by the working of God in his heart and in his mind. Pharaoh sends for Joseph to interpret his dream. Again, Joseph remains humble and ready to serve. Joseph remains humble and ready to serve. So, that's a key we have to understand there. Uh, Joseph interprets the dream. We know the story. And he is rewarded becoming the second most powerful man in Egypt. When we fast forward a little bit in Joseph's life, we find out that Joseph does end up ruling over his brothers. Uh, as God had shown him, he would. Uh, Joseph could have taken revenge on his brothers, but he shows them grace. He remained, again, humble and ready to serve. If you get nothing out of this message this morning, just understand this. No matter what goes on in our circumstances, we have to remain humble in Christ and ready to serve. Because we have no idea how God is working in our situation, how God is working in the relationships around us. And if we remain humble in Christ, submitted to him and his plan, and ready to serve those around us in Christ, and the grace that he's given us will give to others, and the love that he's given us will give to others, I will guarantee you, no matter what happens in your situation or circumstance, he will move and he will be glorified. While God doesn't always reward us, as he did Joseph, this side of heaven, uh, we can learn from Joseph's story. The truth is, no matter what we go through in Christ, we can remain humble, knowing it is purely by grace we have been saved, and not of ourselves, as well as remain always ready to serve. Who will we serve? Those around us at this present time. Whoever's around you, that's who we're going to serve. And why do we do that? For the glory of God. See, if I'm humble in Christ, knowing that it was by his grace I've been saved, then everything I do is for his glory. 
So when I serve others, even though my situation is not where I want it to be, even though my circumstances aren't where I want it to be, things are going wrong. I'm serving others. I'm loving on others. I'm encouraging others. I'm sharing Christ with others. Then God will be known in our lives, no matter what goes on around us. The greatest lesson we can take away from the life of Joseph is found in Genesis chapter 50 and verse 20. This is one of the famous verses from the life of Joseph. Genesis chapter 50 and verse 20 says this, But as for you, you thought evil against me. Uh, This can be, uh, for Joseph it was true of his brothers, but for us it could be others in this world. It could be the world itself, just living in a fallen world that isn't perfect. Uh, It could be the enemy, uh, Satan, desires to create opportunities for us to struggle in this world. But whatever it is, uh, we know that our enemy is not flesh and blood. It is, it is the enemy that we have is a spiritual enemy. And the way we battle that spiritual enemy is by trusting in Christ and allowing him to fight our battles for us. So Joseph says this, But as for me, you thought evil against me. But God meant it unto good, to bring to pass, as it is this day, to save much people alive. Do you know what happened if you know the story of Joseph? Because he interpreted the dream of Pharaoh, uh, and he saw this famine that was coming, he gave Pharaoh great wisdom in how to prepare for that. And because of that, People were saved. Uh, They had food. They had provisions. And this actually led to Joseph's brothers coming uh, to Egypt to look for help and to get food. And God restored that whole relationship because Joseph was faithful. Joseph was humble and remained ready to serve. Whether it was in a prison cell or in in Pharaoh's palace, he he didn't care. He was really, really, uh, really actually ready to serve. And, And he was humble. He realized God was in control. And so when we don't see his hand... In our circumstances, we trust his heart. When we don't see his hand, we trust his heart. And so I want to let you guys know again, I pray that this message has encouraged you in some way. I pray that you've seen God in a way this morning encourage you in your situation. Um, If you have any questions, comments, or thoughts, please let me know. I would love to answer them for you. If there's anything we can be praying for you about, please let me know as well, either through Facebook here, through email. Um, I know that we are going through crazy times in our lives. We always have and always will. I know that it seems like when we're doing anything right, things go wrong. But just know, just because others may let you down, which is a reality, others may let you down, but God will never let you down. And so uh, I know that there's people that, you know, are concerned for all kinds of things right now, Uh, whether it's the COVID thing, whether it's um, the election coming up, whether it's whatever it is, just know that God is not shaken. God is not caught off guard. He's on his throne. Um, God does not get surprised by any of this. Um, listen, no, I, I encourage you, obviously, to vote your morals, to vote biblically and ethically and all that, um, of course. But listen, no matter who wins on Tuesday, God is over all of it. Um, there's no reason to fear. Uh, perfect love casts out fear. And so I'm not, we're not fearful. I pray you're not fearful. I know circumstances change. I know things don't always go like we want them to. I know we're doing everything right, but things go wrong. Maybe you're in a relationship right now where things just go wrong. It's just, you can't fix it. You've tried. Here's the reality. You can't fix it. You can't fix the other person. You can't control them. You can't make them do what this or that. All you can do is continue to remain humble in Christ, realizing it's by grace that we are saved through faith and not of ourselves. This is a gift of God, right? Not of works line of works lest anyone should boast. So we trust in that and then we allow God to use us to serve those around us. And so wherever you find yourself this week, let's look for those opportunities to serve so that God would be glorified. Others may let you down, but God will never let you down. In Christ, you are his and he is yours. He holds you perfect in his hand 
And so let's not fear, let's trust, let's show that to others and be excited to serve. Uh, we encourage you, uh, hopefully you'll come back tonight. Like I said, around six or so, we'll be putting some stuff on Facebook to get back into God's word. And uh, we are, again, we're excited for what God is doing. And uh, if you have anything that we can pray for you about, please let us know. All right, well, guys, have a great day today. Enjoy your afternoon. Thank you so much for tuning in, for checking it out. And uh, again, we're praying for you guys. Love you guys. Appreciate the prayers. Uh, as I said before, we're doing great. We're doing good. And we're just going to wait this thing out and watch God do great things. All right. Well, have a great day, guys. And we'll see you real soon.